What a beautiful day it is to be alive today. A huge, huge welcome to every single person tuning in. I trust that your week has been magical. I trust that it's been filled with abundance, with love and with positivity. And my fingers are crossed for you that your weekend is going to be nothing short of phenomenal. Look, by now, I, I hope that you guys know the drill for the beginning of the EP. I like to kick off every episode by expressing thanks to the universe for filling my life with, with so many amazing blessings. And when I say so many amazing blessings, I'm not, I'm not saying this from an egotistical point of view. I actually mean it from the bottom of my heart. First of all, I'd like to thank the universe for the amazing fresh produce that I was able to buy yesterday. I love fruits and vegetables and I know that billions of people across the globe don't have access to clean water. They don't have access to clean nutritious food so I'm grateful to be able to go down to my local grocer and get the things that I need. Another thing that I'd like to express gratitude for is the fact that I have enough savings in my account to be able to pay my rent every week, to buy food, to pay my bills, but I've also have enough savings to, to service my car. And I did this a few days ago and I, I understand that a lot of people struggle to make, men's, to make ends meet every week and they struggle to pay all their bills or sometimes they hold off on these maintenance expenses like car services because they don't have enough money. So I'm honestly very grateful to the universe that I do have enough money in my account to be able to do this and still live comfortably. Look, I, it's, it's been a bit of a journey for me so far over the past two episodes because I've really had to put myself on the line, especially the second episode. I had to really be vulnerable and I have to be open. And I said this from, from day one, from the first episode. I never want to make a podcast if I'm not giving it all my energy and if I'm not researching as much as possible and trying to give you guys as much accurate information as possible. And I feel like I've covered enough material over the past two episodes to really introduce myself and to introduce bites of wisdom and what I hope to do with it. So I feel like it's, it's a good time now to start breaking down the notion of fear and I understand from first-hand experience that confronting our inner fears is a very daunting endeavor and I want every every single person who's tuning in to bites of wisdom to feel assured that this this is a safe space for you to grow and to push yourself at your own pace without feeling judged in saying this, yes, some listeners might be more ready than other people when it comes to reflecting and opening up about their fears, but but at the end of the day, it's, it's not a rat race. This is an alter, This is ultimately a mutual journey of, of growth and healing and spreading positive energy to to try and make this world a better place. And and if you are feeling uncomfortable, if you are feeling triggered by anything I am saying or if you feel as though I'm moving too quickly, please stop the recording. 
take a few deep breaths, know that you are very loved and you are very cared for. And I would highly recommend that you complete the mindfulness exercise. I will explain very shortly. So this, this mindfulness exercise will help you get grounded. It will help you get focused again. And then when you are ready, continue with the episode. And from the bottom of my heart, from the absolute bottom of my heart, my aim here is to help every listener. To really, really help every listener grow spiritually and psychologically. So you can break away from those demons that rob you from your freedom and prevent you from doing what you want, prevent you from following your deepest desires. Now, before I open Pandora's box and start talking about some aspects of fear, I want to complete a mindfulness exercise to help us get grounded. And when I said us, I mean myself as well and you guys. So what is mindfulness? Mindfulness is the practice. And by the way, I'm reading this definition. I I don't want to lie to you guys, but I'm reading this right now. Mindfulness is the practice of purposely focusing your attention on the present moment and accepting what is happening now without judgment. So essentially there's no need to judge because our past is history. We cannot change the past. What happened yesterday, what happened the day before, it's gone. There's also no need for us to worry about later today or tomorrow or next week because the future is yet to arrive. Look, one thing that I've learned from my psychology training is that our power to live to our fullest potential, to experience all of life's wonders, to taste all the flavors of the menu. In order for us to be able to do that, we need to be living in the present moment. There's never an exception. The power is always, always in the present moment. If I go for a walk and I run into three or four people and I'm speaking to those people, I don't care how many times my phone goes off. I don't care who is calling. I don't even look at my phone. My attention is focused 120% on those people. If I have 20 conversations a day, I want to learn 20 new things from those 20 people because those experiences are going to help me as a person which in turn is going to help me help me um, make Bites of Wisdom a better platform for you guys. And, and look, in saying this, I believe reflecting on the past is, is definitely a healthy thing. If you want to learn and if you want to grow from previous experiences, definitely. But a lot of us don't do this. The majority of people look at the past with regret and resentment. They think, oh, I should have done this. I made this mistake, I didn't do this, and uh, I'm living in the past. Look, reflecting on the past is healthy, but when we are doing it excessively, it's very unhealthy because it keeps us stuck and it prevents us from experiencing the full richness, the full richness of what is happening now. And in saying that, I also believe visualizing what we want our future to look like is also very healthy because we need to set goals for, for what we want to achieve. And I've personally struggled with this because I'm someone who wants to do so much in the world and I'm always thinking about the future. But along the way, I found that the trick is to not spend every moment worrying about every single detail 
and catastrophizing about all the things that could go wrong and spending all the energy on the fine details. One thing I've learned is to just do my best. The right people, the right situations will fall into place. And, and I really believe when you strive for your best and you let go and you are yourself, the universe will take care of those finer details. The universe will take care of the who. It will take care of the when, the how and the where. Things happen when they're meant to happen. Of course, your effort's definitely important. If you set yourself the task of cleaning your house in 30 days, it'll take you 30 days. If you set yourself the task of cleaning your house in 15 days and you really push yourself, you'll, you'll finish the cleaning in 15 days. And, and back to what I'm saying here now, it's the reason I wanna do this mindfulness exercise is because it's very well established within the scientific community that mindfulness is a very powerful tool in reducing the psychological symptoms that are associated with fear. And this includes stress, it includes anxiety, and includes depression. And a lot of studies over the past 10 years, they've shown people who are very fearful, those people who show a lot of symptoms of fear, their amygdala is actually very big. It's enlarging and the amygdala, it's a region in the brain which is responsible for the way you, you regulate stress essentially. And research is showing time and time and time again that there is a strong positive association between practicing mindfulness every day for a period of four to six weeks and the reduction of this amygdala. So essentially this is showing that mindfulness, it minimizes the need for the stress regulating chemicals in the brain to be produced. So less stress, less chemicals being produced, which means that the amygdala is much smaller in comparison to individuals who do express fear and, and they're not engaging in, in these mindfulness activities. And what I've prepared for us today, I've prepared a loving kindness meditation. Now look, it's a very, very simple but effective form of mindfulness. And I'm gonna go through the steps first of all. I'm gonna go through the steps as if we were doing this exercise. And then after I talk about the steps, I will take an opportunity to do this. And for those who would like to join in, they are more than welcome to. If you want to pause the recording, you can. If you wanna jot this down, you're also more than welcome to. So essentially when we are completing a loving kindness meditation, this is the first step. So the first thing we have to do is find somewhere quiet to lay down or sit down. And it's very, very, very important that your phone, anything that's gonna distract you, turn it off or put it on silent. The second step, so once you've found a position that you're comfortable in, you wanna focus all your attention on your breathing and really, 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 really focus on inhaling and exhaling and do this for about a minute. And the aim here is to bring all your awareness into the present moment and is to prepare you for the next part of the loving kindness meditation, which is 
shifting your breathing from, sorry, shifting your breathing onto the mantra. So you breathe for a minute, and then after you focus on your breathing for one minute, you move on to a mantra. So for anyone not familiar with what a mantra is, so it's a motivating word or chant, and it's normally repeated for 10 to 15 minutes, but let me tell you guys, there's, there's no rules for how long you can say this mantra. For example, when I'm driving sometimes and my trip is 30 or 40 minutes and I might be having a challenging day, I'll say the mantra for 30 or 40 minutes over and over and over again. And let me also specify that the mantra doesn't have to be chanted out loud. You can say it silently depending on what you feel comfortable with. So let's say you're on the train and you're on the way to work and you have a meeting and you're very fearful of what's gonna happen in the meeting. You can chant the mantra silently on the train. There's nothing wrong with that. And look, given the focus of Bites of Wisdom is to push you guys and to inspire you and motivate you to follow in your bliss, this is, this is the mantra I've chosen for today, but there's no rules as to what it can be. Anything that you find motivating and that you find works for you, you can, you can use. And the mantra does not have to be the same every day. But the one that I've chosen today is, I am fierce, I am brave, and I am courageous. Fear is just an illusion. It is nothing more than a figment of my imagination. Anywhere I go, I radiate love, kindness, and positivity. And I know I said that fear is just an illusion, and this is not always the case. For those wondering, there is real fear in the world, like a car driving towards you. But the fear that I'm referring to is fear which is imagined which we imagine in our mind so I want you to keep that in mind so when when we are completing this exercise which I will slowly I will slowly go through it again and we'll do this together don't try and stop your thinking I want you to let go of control because the more you try and control your thinking the more this exercise won't work and speaking from personal experience, when I first started doing this a few years ago, I would get very frustrated because I wanna like direct my thoughts and if something negative came in my head, I would think, oh man, I'm doing it wrong. But look, just, just go with the flow. Let your thoughts come and go and try and not judge yourself and judge the process. So as I said earlier, I want to explain the exercise first and then go over it. So I'm going to set a timer now for a minute where I will be breathing, focusing on breathing in and out. And then after that, I'll repeat the mantra. I'm not going to do it for 10 to 15 minutes, but I'll repeat it for a minute. So I'll complete the breathing exercise for one minute, and then I'll complete the mantra for a minute. And for anyone who would like to join, you are more than welcome to. If you want to pause the recording, write down the steps that I've spoken about, and you can do this. So I'll begin now.
So now that I've completed one minute of breathing, I'm going to repeat that mantra for one minute. I am fierce, I am brave, and I am courageous. Fear is just an illusion. It is nothing more than a figment of my imagination. Anywhere I go, I radiate love, kindness, and positivity. I am fierce, I am brave, and I am courageous. Fear is just an illusion. It is nothing more than a figment of my imagination. Anywhere I go, I radiate love, kindness, and positivity. I am fierce, I am brave, and I am courageous. Fear is just an illusion. It is nothing more than a figment of my imagination. Anywhere I go, I radiate love, kindness, and positivity. I am fierce, I am brave, and I am courageous. Fear is just an illusion. It is nothing more than a figment of my imagination. Anywhere I go, I radiate love, kindness, and positivity. So as you can see, guys, the exercise is, is very easy to complete. And when I was breathing, I wasn't breathing in a shallow manner. I was really taking in deep breaths and I was breathing out until there was no more breath coming out. And then I repeated that process. And another tip, when you are saying the mantra, accentuate every word, say it with power, say it like you mean it. So one thing I'd like for you guys to do when you do complete this exercise, I want you to really think about how you feel after the exercise compared to how you felt before the exercise. And I want you to write down, start a little journal of, of what comes to mind when you are completing this exercise. Are there positive thoughts? Are there negative thoughts? What's coming to your mind? I would like for you to start writing that down. So, what is fear? What is this, this thing that so many of us are crippled by? So fear can be defined as the nervous, anxious feelings that arise within a person when he or she thinks about a traumatic experience they had or anticipates an event that may cause harm, pain or danger. Now I, I took this definition from the DSM-5 which is the latest diagnostic manual used in psychology to define what fear is. And when we look at it more carefully, if I was to give you two examples, the first example could be a person who is involved in a severe car accident. This person may experience a surge of fear-related anxiety. So when they think about the accident, their heart starts to race and they get the flashbacks of what happened. So in this particular scenario, the fear is associated with the memory. The person is remembering what happened in the past. But if we look at it, on the other hand, fear can also come about from our imagination. So I'll give you an example of a fear I used to have. So when I was at uni and I would study for an exam, irrelevant of how well I used to do in previous exams, I was always very wound up and I was very wide and I would always imagine, oh man, what if 
I fail the upcoming test, what's going to happen? So the fear here wasn't based on an event that, that had happened. It was based on my anticipation of something that was yet to happen. And if we break it down more, according to Dr. Carl Albrecht, he First fear that I'm going to look at is fear of extinction. So in this type of fear, a person is afraid of dying and more accurately, it's not the death aspect, it's, it's actually them no longer existing and being part of the world. So some examples that might trigger fear of extinction is a fatal disease like HIV AIDS or more recently COVID-19. Everyone is scared of COVID-19. Another examples that trigger fear of extinction is flying and heights. So things out of your control. If you're on the plane and the plane starts to shake, you get those jitterbugs. You don't know what's happening. The second type of fear is fear of mutilation. So when we look at this fear, it's, it's very related to a person's fear of of losing like arms, legs, of losing internal organs, um, or losing control over the functionality of their body. So some things that trigger this type of fear include animals like sharks. So if you're in the water and you think, oh man, if the shark takes my arm, what's gonna happen? Or, or any animal that's invasive of our space like spiders, you know, when you lis listen to someone talking about spiders and snakes, um, the hairs on the back of your neck, the hairs on the back of your neck go up. Um, other types of examples that trigger this fear is needle, getting a needle. People become paralyzed when they have to get a needle. And, and going to the dentist for invasive um, surgeries like a root canal. The third type of fear is fear of losing autonomy. So, when we look at this fear, when psychologists look at this fear, it's very related to a person's fear of being trapped, uh, being smothered, being suffocated. It's essentially anything outside of your control. Um, and a lot of parents who come into therapy, they come in because they believe that the responsibilities of of caring for their child or children, it's going to restrict them from, from doing what they love and, and they develop a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety because of that. Um, and another example is you hear of people saying, oh, what about if I don't have enough money to sustain the life that I'm having? That's a lot of fearful people. The fourth fear is fear of separation, abandonment and or rejection. And this fear is, is closely related to a person's fear of losing their connectedness from people around them, like family, friends, spouses, and society. And, and there's a big, big, big fear of, of feeling like they don't belong anywhere. And a big thing here, and I can relate to this personally, was the, the fear of my relationship ending, which it did end at the end um, and it's the fact it's the belief that you're not going to find someone else to love the same way you loved the person you were with um, another one is the death of a family member 
and you hear a lot of people say, if my kids die, I won't be able to live without them. Like what's, my life is worthless essentially if my kids die. And, and the five or the, the fifth fear that's been identified is fear of humiliation, shame and worthlessness. And, and this type of fear is related to a person's fear of not being loved, not, not being valued and, and feeling shame. And, and this is the biggest one for public speakers. Um, and some examples that trigger this, as I said, is public speaking, um, fear of failure, fear of bullying and fear of criticism. Before moving on, I'll, I just wanted to let you guys know that shame is not always related to fear because sometimes someone does the wrong thing, they steal, they cheat and, and they're caught out in the act. So it's, it's shame is a genuine response to being caught in the act of doing something or after the fact. And I've just listed five types of fear, but the one bites of wisdom is going to really focus on in future episodes is the fourth and the fifth fear of separation, abandonment and rejection, fear of humiliation, shame and worthlessness, because those ones are very, very rela closely related to the ego. And look, from a traditional point of view, fear is viewed as a negative concept by so many people. But if you actually look at it from an evolutionary point of view, it's vital. It's vital for us. It's, it's a vital response for the way we perceive danger and the response that we experience when there is fear. It's the flight or fight response. And essentially there's a chain of physiological reactions that happen in the body when there is danger. Okay, um, so the things that happen, your blood pressure and, and heart rate increase. You start to breathe faster, your palms become sweaty and uh, your blood flow changes. So your body's releasing hormones, in particular cortisol and adrenaline to prepare you to deal with the threat. So either you're running away from it or you are fighting the threat. And if you think about a group of firefighters, so firefighters have little time to think they need to put a plan action the plan very quickly which is normally going going into a building to rescue the people that are trapped or if we think about a SWAT team who are doing a rescue mission because there's two there's two bank robbers who are holding 30 hostages they need to plan they need to action that plan obviously there's negotiations that take place but if that falls, then they've got to have plan B and it's normally to go in and, and rescue the people. Or you can think of an example whereby you're running away because you've been confronted on the street by a group of thugs and they said, look, we're gonna bash you if you don't hand over your phone and wallet. So you've got to decide, what do you do? Do you, do you run? Do you fight? What do you have to do? And as I said, if you really, really think about it, the flight or fight response, it's been, a, it's been very pivotal for us, especially throughout our evolution, because our ancestors, they were cavemen, and back in the caveman era, they used to hunt and they used to gather, which meant that they need to go and kill animals to survive. So fear would have actually been a positive motivator for them, because if they didn't muster up the courage to go and hunt, then, then they would have died of starvation, but 
On the other hand, if they didn't feel fear, genuine fear, from legitimate threats such as larger predators or, or rival tribes, then they wouldn't have been able to process danger properly and ultimately we wouldn't be here today because they would have died because they wouldn't have been able to protect themselves. And the reason I'm really talking about the flight or fight response is to illustrate the fact that feeling fear, it's not a bad thing. Feeling our ability to feel fear, it's a natural function of the body. But one thing I have to let you guys know is that there is a significant difference between healthy fear and unhealthy fear. As I mentioned before, fear is healthy when when your survival instincts are triggered to keep you safe from danger. But on the other hand, fear is unhealthy when it causes you to constantly be on edge, when there is no danger, when you're always on edge because you know deep down you have to be doing something to pursue your dreams, but you're not doing it. So fear is preventing you from doing the things that you love. And when fear is unhealthy, your flight or, or fight response, it's, it's activated for no reason because there's no danger. And what you have to understand is when your flight or fight response gets activated, it's not deactivated straight away. It takes 30 to 60 minutes. Look, the research on this is, is, is different. Some articles I read said 30 minutes, some articles I read said 40 minutes, some articles I read said 60 minutes, but it's approximately between 30 to 60 minutes for your body to go back to pre-arousal levels. And if you really, really dig into the literature, statistics are demonstrating time and time and time again that alarmingly over 60% of the world's population let me repeat that again, not 60% of Australia, 60% of the world's population is in a constant state of arousal for no reason. So their flight or fight response is active for no reason. So it's essentially most of the people on, and I shouldn't be laughing, but the example I'm using here that I came up with, it's essentially most of the people on earth are experiencing the sensations that you would experience if you were to ride a roller coaster and they experience this for hours or days at a stretch. And look, for me, when I'm on a roller coaster for a few minutes, it's, it's, it's a very fun experience, but it's uncomfortable. Like, like, you, be, like you, you feel your heart drop. So can you imagine feeling this day and night, how uncomfortable and how harmful this is for the body? And, and research is actually showing, it's, it's been clearly validated within the research that when your hormones are frequently released in the body over a prolonged period of time, this causes a whole host of physical and psychological issues. Your immune system is weakened, uh, aging is accelerated, your ability to process information is impaired, um, you can't regulate your emotions properly and you're stressed, you're depressed, you're anxious. So there's a whole host of issues that take place. And look, I'm, I'm not sharing the impact with you guys to scare you, but I feel like it's important that I shed as much light on fear as possible before we start working on strategies to overcome fear. Um, but the reason I'm, I'm saying this is because 
a lot of the times that our flight or fight response is active, it shouldn't. And it's something that we can really, really avoid if we learn to break away from unhealthy patterns of fear. And look, I understand that I might present information sometimes that might be intrusive and not sit well with you guys, but that's my intention is not, not to be intrusive. And I also understand that sometimes I will present information and express points of views that will challenge you guys because you've had maybe beliefs for a very long time. And, and look, I do want to challenge you guys. I don't want to challenge you in a rude and intrusive way. I want to challenge you from a scientific kind of stance point. And from the bottom of my heart, my aim here is I don't know everything. I do a lot of research and I put my heart into it and I use the experience I had as a psychologist and I use my seven, eight years of training and learning. But Bites of Wisdom is not about me talking down to you guys and pretending like I know everything. I'm someone who has experienced a lot of trauma in the past and I have spent two or three years, the last two or three years, on the most challenging but rewarding journey, healing myself and learning about my mind, my body and my spirit. And and this is why I created Bites of Wisdom in the hope to motivate you guys to push yourself and, and to grow every day. And I, and I honestly thrive on developing as a person. As I said before, if I meet 10 people every day, I immerse myself in those, in those 10 conversations. And the reason I do this is because if I'm bettering myself as a person, and I'm extending my ability to talk and to be empathetic and improving my research skills, then the content I'm bringing you each week is gonna be clearer. It's gonna be easier for you guys to understand. And it's gonna be based on not just my experiences, but it's based on scientific research. And yes, the literature is always presenting different things. And I always try and get the latest research when I'm doing a podcast but when it comes to psychology the mind is the mind is amazing and I'll use the metaphor of a room and fear and love and beliefs it's like a room and in that room there's a million rooms and in those million rooms there's another million rooms and in those million rooms there's another million rooms your belief systems your beliefs about your fear, your beliefs about your capabilities, your beliefs about everything. You can change them every day if you really think about it. You can have a new set of beliefs every day. And this is the reason why I really peel back the information when I'm making a podcast. As an example today, I didn't just want to go into talking about strategies to help with fear, but I really wanted to break down the layers and in order for me to provide you guys with a better understanding of what fear is, I had to define it. I had to talk about the different types of fear. I had to talk about the impact that fear has on the body because I want to ensure that I'm explaining the whys and hows behind everything so I can fill in the gaps. And look, I'm not perfect. 
sometimes I will miss things. Sometimes I might explain something and it doesn't make sense. And, and I really, really, really would be very grateful for any feedback you guys are able to give. But look, for me, if I'm giving 120% of my energy to every word that I utter, and I'm always speaking from my heart, then I am proud of the EP that, I'll, that I'm releasing. And look, essentially today was, today was kind of, as I said, I wanted to peel back the layers of fear because during next week's episode, I want to begin on zooming in on the two types of fear I outlined earlier. The fear of separation, abandonment and rejection, and the fear of humiliation, shame, or worthlessness. And I want to use them as a key reference point for discussing why so many people don't follow in their true desire, follow in their true desires. And essentially it's linked into the notion of the ego. I want to take this time to thank every single person who has taken time from their busy schedule to tune into this week's episode. I hope that you at least can take one or two messages away from this episode and and utilize it in some way to, to try and improve your day-to-day life. And it's a bigger bonus for me if you can take one or two things and teach it to someone else. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I really enjoy making these episodes and, and I do put my absolute heart into it. Could I try a bit harder? Of course, there's always room to improve, but I really do immerse myself in these and and the way I set out the episode, I like to tell you guys a story and I like for each EP to flow onto the next EP, which is why I'm taking it very slowly and breaking things down as much as possible. I'm sending an abundance of love and positivity towards every person and as always, my message remains, never forget to smile and always 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 be kind thank you so much i am absolutely grateful bye for now